0: It's Calgary's Podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network.
1: Hello, this is Mario Tanaguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's Podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Mike Geddes, co-founder and CEO of ND. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Okay, super, Mike. Um, so, tell me just a little bit first of all about ND and uh, you know the concept and uh, where the concept came from. Sure, uh, I had
0: uh, worked a little bit uh, over in Europe for a while, and they were they were a bit ahead of the game in terms of bedding uh, compared to North America with regards to memory foam and foam based beds. Um, so definitely, I mean, we've all seen the Tempur commercials for since we were younger, and in the '90s. And I think what what I saw was this great opportunity to look at a mattress market uh, at the market as a whole. Um, I uh, with my uh, co-founder and partner Rajan Rupro. He's also from Calgary. Um, he had the experience working at Groupon and had some e-commerce experience, and uh, we came together to to sell mattresses on the internet. And we saw, and one of the things that we saw as a really great trend uh, right around when we started Indy was this uh, trend towards direct-to-consumer retail. And uh, we saw this as a really great opportunity because we had sort of a bit of a hurricane of forces of uh, uh, the fact that beds. People were moving more towards foam-based mattresses, the ability to compress and roll them uh, more and more. Uh, uh, manufacturers were, were had the technology to compress and roll. Plus, we had D2C as an opportunity that people were actually starting to say, hey, I'm willing to buy a brand online that was purely created for online retail, uh, which even if you go back to 2010, it was not it was kind of unheard of. I mean, there was Willie Parker down in the U.S. was maybe one of the only few uh, but there weren't very many brands that were doing this. So at least at scale. Um, so yeah, the whole idea of this uh, was, was to try to kind of combine these forces together. And then also the other piece was to do this in Canada. Um, and that, um, in the U.S., a lot of times the companies like Target Corp is a really good example. They come to Canada, their product selection isn't as good or their prices are too high. And then um, it doesn't end up working to the same degree the Canadians get, uh, a lesser experience than what the U.S. counterparts get.
1: Tell me, when, when did uh, you start, Andy? Andy,
0: we started in 2015. Uh, we launched to the public March, uh, March 2015.
1: Okay, super. Can you explain a little bit, or give me a sense of how the business has, has grown since its inception?
0: Yeah, it evolved fairly really quickly. The first year was a lot of experimentation and trying to get the model sorted of how to, how to get ads and how to talk to our customers and what the sort of customer journey was. And then as we started to scale up, uh, we saw that more and more people really loved the fact that it was made in Canada, uh, so it was made in Canada, um, and uh, the fact that we were focused on a Canadian-centric view, Canadian customers, and we saw it scale up pretty quickly. Um, or, like, when we kind of got to that uh, 5 10 million mark, we were really excited, and then we got to the $20 million mark, and then it went to the $50 million mark. <laughs> and So yeah, it just kept growing, and, and it was cool to watch that snowball continue to, to gain momentum as time's gone on.
1: Why do you think uh, this concept has resonated with consumers?
0: But let's power back in the consumer. Uh, the fact that we're not, I think, in the past with the wholesale retail model, um, which we have looked at ourselves, but the wholesale retail model, the issue is, is you've got a wholesaler and a retailer, and each 20% needs margin. Also, in terms of what products were available, like traditionally in mattress retail stores, Different products were in different stores. It was difficult to price match. I mean, you'd have the, the, the Triple S sort of Sealy Simmons, and each of them had sort of different models in each store. They kind of looked at it from the perspective of uh, they were custom curating mattresses but then at the same time, like, what type of spring is the best spring? What type of foam is the best foam? A lot of that was obscure. And so for us, we said, you know, let's just take the best materials we have and, and market it at a point that's fair to consumers. So, yeah, it, it worked quite well, and it resonated with people. It also, like with us having one mattress model, we still only have one mattress model. we know which one to buy. It doesn't create a lot of confusion in terms of which one to get. So that, that I think, was a big thing that resonated. And then the Canadian brand was another big thing.
1: Okay. What are your plans for the company going forward?
0: Uh, well, we sold to Sleep Country in 2018. Um, and so from that point, um, it's a joint mission with us in Sleep Country. Um, our goal is to continue to expand. Um, on the whole, it's about being the number one in terms of mattress retail, specialty retail, um, on all fronts. So, uh, retail and, uh, and on the e-commerce side. Uh, the end as a brand itself is still focused on, on keeping that full position as, the as the number one, uh, online retailer. Uh, and we continue to see growth there. Uh, people are resonating and, and more people are coming online. And one of the, one of the interesting trends is seeing way more and suburbites um, getting on and buying online over the last three months and use everything, uh, which was quite interesting. Because um, those are kind of the, the low users we found more often than not. Uh, but of course, there's always people in that segment that are super e-commerce oriented. But we found, you know, if you've got a mattress store that's a five-minute drive away, then why not? You know, the infrastructure the to buy online, we were seen a lot of urban city dwellers originally. Uh, because of the, just the factor of actually getting to a store and delivery in an apartment building was all difficult. So yeah, we're seeing the full spectrum of customers.
1: Do you think the uh, the 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 COVID crisis, right? Uh, you know, it obviously gave the, a lot of consumers the avenue of uh, you know the e-commerce and online uh, thing. Uh, uh, more and more people are. This has become a habit for them to uh, to shop online. Is that going to help you? Do you think having um, uh, more people and more demogra- different demographics now shopping online?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It'll benefit uh, towards our model. Um, even you know, as we've added uh, partnerships like Urban Barn, um, we've had mattresses in their stores, and we have it because there's still people who sometimes just want to try it and feel it and make that decision. So. We've, we've done that, and we found that it complements nicely, um, that people are literally going into their urban barns and they're buying online, and there's no problem with it. Uh, it works quite well.
1: Okay, so I'm uh, going to ask you a few questions about being an entrepreneur. Uh, what do you like about being an entrepreneur? What's, what's some of the, the, the best things about it?
0: Yeah, I think I've, you know, when I think about this a lot of times with the entrepreneurship, people think that there's sometimes a specific skill set needed for it. And in some ways, it's one of the few professions where there's no skills really required other than the sort of ability. It's a personality trait, really, of being curious and driving forward and looking to change and, and do new things and push things forward. Um, so a lot of it you're doing based on like an industry that's that in a box. There's no, there's no market report to say this is how uh, direct-to-consumer online retail in Canada is, it works, like There's no manual for it. So you start out really with, uh, with curiosity and excitement and um, move forward that way. It, and and I've, another thing sort of with entrepreneurship for me is that it's, it's an action word as well. Uh, personality training is also an action word in that um, people who say, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and, I, 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 and not, I think it, the, the best ones are the ones that are really moving forward and building and, and growing uh, a business um, because um, ideas are great, but I think the, the actual action and execution is what makes, uh, makes it move forward.
1: What do you think uh, in terms of your personality traits are, are, are good for being an entrepreneur?
0: Well, I think you have to be comfortable with uncertainty. Um, I think you have to be comfortable with, um, yeah, you have to be able to roll with the punches a bit. You have to like adventure to some degree and, and be excited by the unknown. I think if you're someone who really wants to be extremely organized and, and have everything go a certain way, like imperfectionism is a really important trait for for entrepreneurs that want to scale quickly. Uh, things just don't go perfectly how you want them to, and your consumer is not going to react. Your customer is not going to come and buy what you're selling if you if you're trying to. So to say, oh, I want you to buy this particular model, <laughs> you have to be flexible enough to say, what does the consumer actually want to buy? And to you know, have that perspective, especially early on, and, and get a really strong feel uh, for, um, for what they need. So having some flexibility in terms of your thinking is important. Being willing to pivot, like a lot of successful businesses. Um, you've got, you know, Airbnb started selling cereal and things. Uh, you know, all those sort of stories that you hear everywhere. Right, Fundraise, and and you have to be able to have that mindset to to get a uh, an early stage startup off the ground for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. What has been your biggest challenge uh, of being an entrepreneur?
0: Um, I would actually say some of the challenges, like especially early stage, I really enjoy. I enjoy the scale up Is I would say long term, it kind of becomes um, staying busy, right? Like as our business has grown, we have a staff of. 50 odd people things are really moving we have a lot of process we turn into a big company so by, i mean there's a lot to do but i think from an entrepreneurial perspective staying busy and staying active and still continually finding projects to drive growth and and things like that so one of the things i've started doing is looking at um angel investing and, and that sort of thing and working with startups and helping to mentor and i think that has been a great way to kind of get that entrepreneurial fix inside of as as my own company has gotten bigger I think that would, I would say a challenge for me is just maintaining that and continuing to remain busy and, and moving forward on, on that sort of entrepreneurial uh, venture. I think sometimes it's easy to say, oh, we've made it. Now let's sit back. What's the next big sort of place to push and the next thing to disrupt? And, and continuing forward on that, I think, is an important piece.
1: So, uh, you know, when, when you, uh, you look over the years of being an entrepreneur and uh, being in business Do you recall any uh, specific piece of advice, the best piece of advice that you received from someone on being an entrepreneur? Yeah,
0: uh, it it was related to the the action word piece. Um, I I studied business school. I went to Europe for a year, uh, probably just because I wanted to move to Europe for a year. Uh, I had a Belgian guy who came came in and was was talking about entrepreneurship. And I said, you know, I'd like some advice about starting your company. I think he had um, renewable power company and he had some grants from the belgian government and i sort of said so like what's your advice to get a business going and he said you know i don't think i need to give you any advice and i said well what do you mean But you know people in, in in especially in europe tend to be a little bit more direct as well so sort of like no I, i'm not i don't think i need to give you any advice and i said well what do you mean he said well if you need advice on how to be an entrepreneur then that doesn't come across as someone who's entrepreneurial to me and I said, well, how do you mean it? And he kind of said, well, if you're an entrepreneur, you're just going to go and start selling something and you're going to start building something and you're not going to be asking for advice. And I said, well, actually, that's, that's a good quote And and so I took that one to heart. Where I said, like, You know, the, it's, it's an action word and it's something that, you know, you move forward. And, and you know, surprisingly, it's not the person who's the smartest. A lot of times it's the person with the, the most perseverance um, and also having some flexibility within their plan to say, being willing to adjust and, and continue forward. Because a lot of times, you're going to hit brick walls, especially if you haven't started a business before. You're like, hey, can you give me a million dollars so I can start an online mattress company? People are like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I haven't done this before. No. Uh, you gotta, you got to be able to persevere. to do to get through and, and be able to get that money raised. And if, even if you do have a small amount of capital, there's that perseverance of, of being
1: lean and nimble. So in hindsight, uh, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what do you think you would have chosen as a profession or a career well
0: i tried to do the professional thing i've driven a, like i worked in calgary for a little while in oil and gas um i think part of it was pursuing a passion and um, i think the entrepreneurial ride for me is is sort of i think i would have ended up there pretty much regardless yeah i don't i can't see many other routes. It may have been Maybe if I would have gotten lucky and maybe it started with a, a company that was very entrepreneurial and gave a lot of flexibility, there may have been that possibility. Like that's where I was early, early days in like a Shopify or something I could have seen myself working in. And um, so I think it would have been team and fit. But what I found was is, uh, after trying a number of different jobs and not quite getting what I wanted, um, that sort my own uh, shop was the way to go because I could kind of build it within the image I wanted to. I mean, I'm a big fan of collaboration. I'm a big fan of, Teams that uh, work cross-functionally, I'm a big fan of people that sort of leave their egos at the door and, and work together. And so being able to deal that environment with Andy has been great for me.
1: So, uh, you know, obviously you, you mentioned uh, about, uh, you know, how busy you are, you know, in the business, et cetera, um, especially now. What is it that you do to strike that work-life balance? Uh, you know, what interests do you have uh, outside of work?
0: Uh, well, I got, I, I did a big, uh, skiing trip this year. Definitely meant to that. So I'd like to come back and do that. Who knows what it will be like this next winter, but, uh, hopefully get, get another trip in. Um, summer wise, definitely enjoy, um, sort of heading up, uh, in Ontario. They have the, uh, Muskoka uh, region and they have the cottage area. So lots of lakes and canoeing and all that kind of stuff. So definitely enjoy that. So the outdoors is a big thing. And, uh, yeah. I think I would do my main, the main things. Lots of reading, enjoy
1: reading for sure. What kind of stuff? These days I've been really interested in the
0: economy just because of, you know, what's going on out there. Yeah. So I've been reading a lot. One guy I really liked, um, uh, read his book, Principles, uh, Ray Dalio. I don't know if you've heard of that book, but uh-huh. it's a cool one, especially, he goes through a lot of different things and a lot of different um, pieces that made his hedge fund successful, but it really actually applies very well towards startups as well Mm -hmm. especially where you need to take a lot of data like with us with e-commerce you get so much data you get clicks and you've got conversions and you've got streams coming from different websites and all of the rest of it and how do you turn that into a cohesive story how do you build a culture around being objective um, as opposed to principles over personalities and i think that's a big thing to drive towards success like your culture ironically becomes one of your most important assets in a company and and so, so Rodaya speaks to a lot of those elements that he built into his hedge fund that made it successful. So, I enjoy looking at the sort of analogies of looking at different, different industries and different things because we do get a lot of startup type stuff too, like, uh, you know, the moon startup. And there's a lot of those type of books that are really based specifically around getting a startup going. Um, but I do like to hear from,
1: from other sectors. Okay, super. I'm going to present a a little bit of a scenario to you and I'll just get your response to it. Okay, (laughs) we're going to uh, take you and drop you off at a small tropical island, beautiful place in the middle of the ocean. Right. Uh, That has nothing on it, uh, no technology, no Internet, uh, nothing of that kind, except they'll have one phone booth there. You can pick up the phone and call us at any time uh, to come and get you and bring you back home. So a couple of questions. How long do you think it would take you to to make that phone call? And what do you think you'd be doing while you were there?
0: Well, I mean, I guess uh, when I was in uh, high school, days, I did a lot of sort of outdoor pursuits. Um, it's harder to do in Ontario, like the mountaineering stuff, but oh, yeah. uh, with the lack of mountains, I really like the idea, I like like the building building a like a hut of sorts. I definitely would be chopping. If I had no material, I'd be looking for sort of dead leaves off of palm trees, and uh, we'd be looking for some wood, uh, some fallen wood, and, and would try to build a shelter, something down by the beach probably, and then uh, probably next would be looking at food. How how can I build some kind of a trap? Uh, probably fishing would be the easiest i assume um if if you were on a de- uh, in a desert like i don't think i'm pretty i'm not very good at uh you know small game hunting or anything like that i don't know if i could build a rabbit trap but i probably could build a good um spear and try to try to fish that would be my my thought and then uh, fire sort of try to find a way to get a fire built um it would be hard without a lighter but maybe look for some flint rock or something um maybe near near a river inland or something and then try to to build a fire. If I could get that going, I'd be pretty happy. And uh, I think if I failed at that, I would, uh, uh, I would be calling to get picked up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All righty. So, uh, Mike, uh, before leaving us today, is there anything you'd like to add?
0: So one thing I like just to, to mention is we've been really working on uh, with hospitals right now uh, in terms of donating because uh, the frontline workers that have to deal with COVID, I think, so it's great that we all get to save the world by staying at home. And I, I think it's, you know, different people with the ups and downs, And I think the healthcare workers are putting their lives on the line to help us all and, and deal with this. So uh, there's just sort of a shout out there and, and sort of do what we can to donate mattresses.
1: Okay, super. Thanks for joining us today, Mike, on uh, Calgary's podcast. Sure, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.